Hey, it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. I'm enjoying, truly enjoying, watching the so-called legal analysts from the left melt down in mass over what took place in the Supreme Court. There's more to this. First of all, I'm going to get, some people are going to get upset when I say this. We didn't win anything. We didn't actually win anything in this vaccine mandate. What the Supreme Court did is gently inform the federal government that they have overstepped their bounds here. We didn't win. We didn't get something. We just didn't have something taken away, and that is our freedom and decision-making. We didn't get something. It's, it's a win, I guess, in the sense that we could have further lost freedom and decision-making, but really, the Supreme Court didn't grant us anything Let me say it like this. They didn't grant us anything that the Constitution doesn't already give us, which is our individual liberty. But something bigger took place here, and that is the the dueling legal philosophies of what is sometimes referred to as Chevron deference or major questions and non-delegation doctrine. And the two are very distinct. Chevron deference, which is based on a court case related to Chevron Oil Company, having nothing to do with rank in the military. Chevron deference, as it's known, is an expectation that the Supreme Court, or the courts, will not replace the wisdom and technical knowledge of federal agencies with their own wisdom. Now, the question always has to be asked, does the federal government have jurisdiction over whatever it is before the court? If not, then it doesn't really matter what the executive branch agencies are asserting or how many technocrats or experts they line up. They're not empowered to use government, to use the power of legislation. Non-delegation doctrine is quite the opposite. It essentially says that Congress can't, can't refuse to answer certain questions and simply delegate their legislative authority to the executive branch. In our system of government, and I'm going to go even deeper into some of these things with this voting rights issue. The Democrats are referring to themselves as a a default of the majority here. That's what they're saying, that two senators are getting in the way of the majority. Well, if there's 100 senators and 52 of them are not voting for something, the majority's not getting in the way of anything. You're not the majority. And no, Kirsten Cinema is not some hero. She is not standing for conservative principles. She's warning fellow Democrats that by acting like babies, 
that majorities are fleeting and you'll find yourself on the other end of this just as you did on the nuclear option question. But first and foremost, the question has to be answered, does the federal government have authority here? The federal government, the Democrats want something akin to Yertle the Turtle. Does everyone know the story of Yertle the Turtle? Anyone? Yertle the Turtle was a turtle king who believed that he ruled all that he could see and surveil. So he sat up one day and said, I could... I'm the king of all I can see here. But then he climbed on top of another turtle and he could see farther. And eventually he climbed on, he made a tower of so many turtles that the the tower fell over, if you don't know the story. Yertle the turtle asserted power over all that he could see. And that's what Democrats in the federal government believe. They believe the federal government, the, the only things that are not regulated by the federal government or controlled by the federal government or fall under a federal jurisdiction are things they just haven't gotten to taking over yet. But really, inherently, the default of power is in the hands of the federal government. That is not true. The Constitution sets up a republic where there is a, an exe- a, a, a legislative branch that has 18 specific enumerated powers. The executive branch is to carry out the laws that are passed and signed into law by the President of the United States. The Congress is not permitted by the Constitution to transfer its legislative authority to the executive branch. So if they settle a major question through legislation predicated on their constitutional authority under the enumerated powers... The executive branch carries out the the orders. So when they say, well, why do we have an FBI? Well, laws have to be enforced. So if we start a... Now, does the FBI have unlimited jurisdiction to do as it pleases? No. Is it acting that way currently? Yes. Should they be re- reined in? Yes. Should the director be removed? Perhaps. But these federal agencies are not autonomous and separate branches of government with Yertle the Turtle powers. To say that OSHA just hasn't regulated every workplace in America yet or regulated every function of employment yet, but in the end they are free to catch up with it, that's not true. And if Congress births a federal agency, and gives it too wide of a mandate, the courts have an obligation to push the federal government or the other two branches of the federal government back into their respected boxes, respective boxes. Something else we're going to get into today. So the Democrats are pushing Mitch McConnell to eliminate, to help them eliminate the Electoral Count Act of 1887. No, that is a check and balance. The process by which we certify an election and even allow for challenges to specific electoral counts, as we've seen with Democrats, is a check and balance. The Democrats only want to get rid of it now because of January 6th. Arresting people who enter the Capitol illegally is wholly different than saying no state 
or no senator, along with a congressman, may challenge the electoral count. That's a check and balance. They just want to get rid of it so they can move on with their majoritarian democracy. But back to the Chevron deference versus versus non-delegation. The Congress has not answered the question or even attempted to answer the question about a federal vaccine mandate. There has never been a federal vaccine mandate. There have been state vaccine mandates, but there's never been a federal vaccine mandate. And these idiots that run around saying, eh, eh, George Washington forced his troops to get inoculated with smallpox. First of all, that was an inoculation, not a therapeutic. Second, that was, that was before there was a constitution. The Constitution has not given a broad power to the federal government to regulate our health. If the federal government doesn't retain it, then OSHA can't retain it. Now, I would even argue that OSHA doesn't really, shouldn't really exist. In West Virginia mines, West Virginia's OSHA, state-based OSHA, should determine mine safety. Just as in Oregon, Oregon's OSHA should determine timber, timber safety. And in Texas, they should have a body that regulates oil safety, meaning oil, oil work, and so forth and so forth. The idea that the federal government's going to come in, hop, skip, and jump over the 10th Amendment and say, all right, everyone be quiet. We're now regulating your place of business. No, that's, that's not granted to them. But there is a huge difference between discussing the safety of a mine shaft and whether or not a person must inject themselves with a therapeutic. Because we can't call it a vaccine. It's not a vaccine. It's not preventing anyone from getting infected or spreading it. Keeping people out of the hospital is not the order of OSHA when it is not related to their directly to their employment. If you want to say people installing drywall should have to wear knee pads because they're going to be on their knees for hours at a time, that's one thing. That is a direct workplace safety issue or health issue, I guess. But determining that people must, in order to have this job, follow this vaccine mandate to as a component of citizenship, I might even say, is an overreach. The Congress has not attempted to answer the question. The idea that in the absence of legislation, the federal government or the the executive branch agencies fill in the blanks, that would mean they are legislating. Article 1, Section uh, Section 1 of the Constitution vests all legislative powers in in the Congress, not in the executive branch. So if the executive branch is making rules in the absence of legislation, they are in essence legislating. They are forbidden from legislating. The fact that they may know better, science does not trump law. If it did, then they would just tell us, do you see this with the environment? Then we'll be ruled by unelected scientists. And these bureaucratic agencies are not elected either. And neither are these judges. So don't tell me about democracy when you want unelected people making laws that they are not permitted to make. So the left-wing legal analysts can jump up and down and scream all they want about 
Gorsuch versus Garland or whatever, the Supreme Court decided correctly here. Now, we're going to get into some of the quotes from the dissent, which are silly, actually, for a bunch of people that went to Ivy League universities. 1-6-6-95-PATRIOT-9-5-7-2-8-7-4. We are right. They are wrong. That is the end of the story. Your academic pedigree does not weigh the strength of my argument. Everything I said was perfectly executed political analysis, and I've got more of it. Serious XM Patriot. Stacy on the right. We have Governor Mike Huckabee. You've got all these healthcare professionals. They were heroes a year ago. As far as I'm concerned, they're still heroes. Some of them don't need a vaccine because they got COVID in the hospital taking care of people. And now they're going to be let go. That's when it no longer is about following science. Stacey Washington, weekdays starting at 9 p.m. East on Sirius XM Patriot 125. Breitbart News Saturday. Former President Donald Trump. President Trump, always a pleasure. Yeah, I got along very great, very, really great with Putin and with uh, with President Xi and with all of them. I got along very good with Kim Jong-un, but uh, they understood they couldn't do any of this stuff. And now they're doing things that are unthinkable. Breitbart News Saturday. Saturday, starting at 10 a.m. East on Sirius XM Patriot 125. Patriot nine five seven two eight seven four. I saw that. Uh, well, the Daily Mail is reporting that CNN has lost ninety percent of its prime demographic. Ninety percent nine zero. How the hell do you lose ninety percent? CNN averaged just five hundred and 48,000 viewers during the week of January 3rd. That uh, Doesn't that include January 6th? You'd think with, like, I mean, in, in, in their mind, the only thing that matters, we just played Marco Rubio. You know, play Marco, cue that up again, Mike. Marco Rubio is pointing out that the majority of Americans are not living, and we've been saying this, I just I just found it entertaining that he said it, that 90% of most of America is not living day to day in January 6th. That most of, most of America does not believe that life as we know it was about to come to an end at the hands of a guy in a, in a Viking hat. And yet the media has been spending all of their time completely hyperventilating about this as if this is what in day-to-day life we're all living with. Play Marco Rubio again. I think almost everyone would tell you that what happened on January 6th here was a terrible thing. It should never have happened and it should never happen again. But I don't care how many candlelight vigils and musical performances you have from the cast of Hamilton. You're not going to convince at least more most normal and sane people that our government last year was almost overthrown by a guy wearing a Viking hat and Speedos, okay? 
And I don't care, you know, how many of these speeches the president gives in which he shouts out this hyperbole and, and, and all this melodrama. You're not going to convince people that having a state pass a law that says, for example, that you have to produce an identification is the same as segregation. Nevertheless, despite the fact that that's what most people in this country are worried about is inflation and all these other things, that's not what we're working on here. That's not what we'll spend this week on. That's not what the priority of this administration has been. That's not what the president is giving speeches about. They don't care. You may care about inflation back home. They care about the fact their crisis is that there's some laws in this country, for example, some states in this country that do not automatically force everyone to register to vote. They just automatically register. Well, that's the crisis. Yeah. Headline tuning out viewership at scandal plague CNN plummets by as much as 90 from last year in both overall audience and advertiser coveted 25 to 54 demographic. That's insane. That's absolutely crazy. Well, they must be getting something wrong over there. I mean, if the Democrats think that they have their finger on the pulse of the country, they're out of their damn minds. If they think the entire country is living in January 6th, not paying attention to 7% inflation. 7% inflation, that's no joke. They said it was transitory, they were wrong. Stupid people are in charge. And all they want to talk about is more mandates, less freedoms, more taxes, more control by government. And they're promoting one fraudulent election law after another the idea that somehow if we don't just mail out ballots to people who don't request them that if we don't do that we're a racist society having the right to vote and the ballot being brought to you are two different things there's supposed to be a modicum of effort on your part to participate Right? That's why we have election day. People go to the polls to be heard. The idea that we knock on your door and go, well, what, do you, what do you want? That's not how elections work. The Democrats want it that way because, and you know what? Truth is, maybe on some level they might have a point to make. But if people can't even get off their asses to go vote, and let's not pretend that everybody who's not voting is working two jobs and is too stressed out and is too tired and there's seven-hour lines that nobody has time to wait on. Some people just don't give a damn enough. And if they don't care enough to get an absentee ballot or show up to vote in person, then maybe we ought not let those people influence our politics. No, when the Democrats say more people voting is good, well... That could be debated. Did, when they say more people voting, does that mean more non-citizens? Should the vote of somebody who actually pays attention be canceled out by somebody who's laying in the street with a needle sticking out of their arm? Hey, hey, wake up. Can you just put an X mark here? Okay, that's a ballot. Put that one in for Democrats. Well, he voted. Well, there's no signature. There's no, hey, hey, hey he voted. He was barely conscious, but he voted. That means your vote is canceled out 
by a Democrat organization that goes trolling the streets for crackheads going, here, just put your name on this thing. We'll, we'll consider it a ballot. <laughs> have no idea what they're voting for, who they're voting for, what they're voting for. But we count the ballot because, well, it was turned in. Who turned it in? I don't know. Third-party civic organization. They got a Dropbox. Great. No, to be truthful, it's not always great if everybody votes. Some people ought to stay at home. If you have no idea what you're talking about, you don't care at all, stay home, please. Wines at 695 Patriot 9572874. See, Andrew, you don't want people voting. No, like I said, the right to vote does not mean the vote, the ballot will be brought to you. It means you have the right to stand to be counted, to go and register, to show up on election day, or to fill out an absentee ballot and drop it off at a secure Board of Elections drop box. That's participation. It's not participation when people come to you. It's participation when you go to them. You can join me live on the Will Count Majority, Monday to Friday, noon to 3 East, 9 to noon West, on Sirius XM Patriot, Channel 125.